Yes, Barry Capitan is back to full practices with the Penguins as of yesterday. And that gets him closer to returning to the top six in the Penguins forward stack. But my goodness, that doesn't really answer anything, does it? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. It's Penguins versus Devils tonight, again, at PPG Paints Arena at 7.08 p.m. And no, none of New Jersey's six goals from the third period the other night get to carry over. We'll see what, if any, aspects of that semi-debacle will carry over for the hockey team. I remain infinitely more interested in what's to come two and three weeks down the road. Uh, That's not to say that these games don't matter, these performances don't matter. Uh, Certainly we saw the perils of the Penguins perhaps thinking that they might not at least for those 20 minutes. But I'm not them. I can think about this stuff, and I can talk about it, and, and today I will. Because when I see Kapanen on the ice the way he was yesterday in Cranberry, and I see him skating with a regular, you know, normal jersey on, meaning he wasn't wearing the yellow caution, don't touch me jersey, that leads me to believe that we could expect to see him back as soon as this weekend. I don't think it'll be tonight. Not after just one practice and not after a foot injury, which, by the way, I did tell you at the time was a foot injury. Uh, The puck came around the boards, and sometimes the puck does funny things the way it hits you and caused a foot fracture, which Kapanen acknowledged yesterday. And those things do take time. Even if you don't feel uh, pain or discomfort, they just have to heal to a certain level the bone does, or else it just doesn't get better and you and you risk it actually getting worse. But he's back, he's skating, he's moving, flying actually. And when he returns, as Mike Sullivan acknowledged openly, his exact quote was, after practice, our expectation is that when Cappy gets back in the lineup, We'll try to put him in a position where he can play to his strengths. Okay, so top six. And then that's why Jim Rutherford acquired him. And that's the level at which Kapanen was performing before he got hurt. The guy was really, really, really good. Evgeny Malkin wasn't seen at practice yesterday, but it's not known either that he had any kind of setback or whatever. He's just not practicing with the group yet. He was part of a morning skate the day before that. Different world. Practices, you got to go full on with the drills. So let's put these lines together. Let's let's do that today. And I'm not talking about the lines for tonight against the Devils. Whoever the Penguins send out there should be able to do whatever they did to the Devils in the first and second periods the other night. And, you know, Show some dignity in the third. That ought to be enough to take care of this 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 particular opponent. This portion 
of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is just 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels. There's no such thing as paying for DVR. It just comes with it. There's no such thing as installation because, you know, it's not cable. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this podcast a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. If you just go visit FuboTV.com slash DK. No contracts cancel any time. One more time, go to FuboTV.com slash DK to get 15% off your first month. I'm in favor of keeping the top line together. I know that's not exactly a <laughs> controversial, rabble-rousing opinion. But every once in a while, you'll hear or read someone propose you know, moving Jake Gensel or Brian Rust around because of different successes that they've had in particular with Evgeny Malkin over the years. No thanks. Uh, Sid, Jake, and Rusty, leave them alone. And if they didn't prove that to you the other night, I, I don't know when they will. The third line. No, 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 no. Let, let's skip way ahead here. Let's go to the fourth line. I'm in favor of leaving Teddy Bluger between Zach Aston Reese and Brandon Tanev. Tanev's health, of course, is in doubt, but if Tanev isn't available to start the playoffs, that's where you put your Freddie Goodrow in or your Sam Lafferty or your Anthony Angelo. Do you know what I mean? One way or another, there's a there's a Brandon Tanev hole there on the fourth line, but I, I'd love to keep that group together as a fourth line. So what we're down to is a second line and a third line. And if we put in the known commodities, the ones that you can pretty much take to the bank, You've got Malkin and Kapanen as your center and your right winger on your second line. You've got Jeff Carter as your center. As I've been saying for since the day after he showed up here and suited up, their intention was to have him play center, and that's going to hold. That's why he's there now. Carter at center. And then from there, you've got a mix and match between two other guys that you know are going to be part of that top six, and that's Jared McCann and Jason Zucker, both left-wingers, ideally, and then somebody else on third-line right wing. Here's how I would do it. I would have McCann on the second line with Malkin and Kapanen. Maybe I'll be wrong on this one. This is not information that I've heard. This isn't some kind of something, something that was whispered. But I really, really liked what McCann was doing with those guys before they went down. Because McCann brings you speed, aggressiveness on the forecheck, hustle all over the rink, and also that longer range release that really opens up things for both guys, because now the goaltender, as much as the goaltender is, has to pay attention, and really everybody on the rink has to pay attention to Malkin and Kapanen and the different things that they can do, they also have to respect a legit 40-foot, 50-foot wrist shot from Jared McCann, and that's a that's a different dynamic than what Jason Zucker brings, and I'm way more interested in what the second line brings me than what the third line brings me. So what's your third line left with? Your third line has Jeff Carter, not a bad place to start. Jason Zucker to his left. And Zucker's played 
pretty well, I'd say, since he's come back. It hasn't, hasn't been great, but he's popped a couple of goals and he's made some plays for people. And then your right winger over there is probably Evan Rodriguez, even if he isn't your five-on-five choice, even if you'd rather have Freddie Goodrow over there or if you'd rather have some size like an Angelo or something like that, you're probably still going to go with Rodriguez for one simple, boring reason. Killing penalties. That's it. You hear me say it on this show all the time. When you make line combinations, you're doing it more often than not with the bottom six based on who can kill for you and who can't. Uh, Freddie can kill, but he's not as good at it as Rodriguez is. And Rodriguez offers you another thing, too, which which is the ability to bounce up and down lines, meaning if someone were to get hurt in mid-game on one of the top two lines, Rodriguez could fill center or right wing on any of those units. Actually, he's played some left wing for the Penguins, too, although I definitely, definitely wouldn't want to see that in anything other than an emergency capacity. But that's it. And if you think about who you're leaving out, if you think about who's who's your your scratch group for game one, again, presuming Tanev is healthy, you're talking about Jankowski, Angelo, Lafferty, maybe Freddie. Uh, it's a it's a pretty good group. You know, that's the way you want to enter a playoff uh in the coronavirus setting, where you never know who you're going to be missing for a certain game, and they're not going to hold up the games for you, you just got to address who you got. And the defenseman, I'm not touching anything. Really, are you? Are you moving anybody around there? Are you trying to find a way to get P.O. Joseph back in there? Are you you know what I mean? Mark Friedman, Chad Ruedel, Yuso Rikola. You have your three defense pairings, but at the same time, you've also got that same similar level of depth that you have uh, not just for pandemic purposes but also for injury purposes because everyone knows that the position that gets banged up the most in the playoffs is defense. So you need a bunch of bodies, and the Penguins definitely have that. Playoff caliber? I don't know. I just want to see them back on the rink again. You know? I'd love to be able to form an opinion as to what this team could do in the playoffs, except we never see them together, you know? And we won't tonight again either. When we come back, just one question. back it's time for just one question and that's brought to you on this program always by the good people at the greater pittsburgh community food bank where they are committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western pennsylvania they need your help as well go to pittsburghfoodbank.org to find out how one dollar is all it takes to provide five meals that's the kind of system they've developed there now that's the level of efficiency and they show you on this website how that happens. Pittsburgh Food Bank, spell all that out, dot org. Today's just one question comes from Daryl McDonald. 
in Nova Scotia, and he says, Hi, DK, I have a question for your daily shot of Penguins. After hearing you say that the Penguins probably shouldn't care who they play in the playoffs, who do you think the other three teams would prefer to play? I bet I know. Well, Daryl, I wish you told me who you wanted here. Is I'm not, I, I can't even picture it. I, I don't look at the four teams that are up there in the playoff mix. And this is presuming that the Flyers and or Rangers don't go nuts and sneak their way back into the picture. I don't think that's going to happen. But I don't know who out of the Capitals, the Islanders, the Penguins, and the Bruins would be looking anywhere else in the division and saying, now there's the team I want. They're just way too close. They're way too close. I can tell you a funny story. The other night we were on, uh, we were doing the the WPXI show, our TV partners at DK Pittsburgh Sports, uh, the Sunday night show called The Final Word. And there's a rundown that we get before the program starts that lets us know what the topics are going to be. And Mark Madden, the local radio host, 105.9 The X, and, and I are in the studio, the big studio together, and we look at this thing, and we look over at Albie Oxenrider, the host, and say, Albie, this question's, like, too hard. Like, Mark and I never agree on anything. But we agreed that we weren't going to be able to even come up with a decent discussion on this. And sure enough, we didn't. Like, there, it was the opening of the show. We went, like, three, four minutes of just basically saying, everybody's the same, everybody's good. I'm going to give it a try for you here, Daryl, but I'm probably not going to do any better. The Penguins are 6-2 and two against the Islanders. That, to me, is from the Penguins' perspective. I know that's not what you asked, but I'm throwing that out there first. From the Penguins' perspective, is probably, maybe, but maybe not, the best matchup. Because there's something about the passive Barry Trot system that the Penguins really like. They can develop a lot of extra speed coming out of their own end. This is the reason you've seen Mike Matheson have such a big impact in those games against New York, because he gets his jets moving from behind the goal line and then goes coast to coast like Bobby Orr. The Islanders hate that stuff. They hate when teams come at them with speed. All they're trying to do is to slow you down between the blue lines. The Penguins don't let that happen. So I think that might be it, but I could also look like a clown by saying that because the Islanders are really, really good. Who would the other teams, the other three teams, prefer to play? And then Daryl drops this, I bet I know, bomb, and doesn't tell me who it is. I wish I had your answer, Daryl, because I don't have it. Do you think it's Pittsburgh? Do you think they'd like to play the Penguins? If so, and I'm going to just go at that hypothetically since I don't know what you're intending there, I strongly suspect not. You have to understand one thing about uh, the NHL culture. I was about to say hockey culture, but this is more of an NHL thing. The NHL culture is such that respect for great players and what they can do to you never fades. It's crazy. Like, no matter how much older a player gets or whether or not you still see them at their peak, at their prime, um, you'll see the same reactions among opponents to facing Crosby and Malkin as you will 
to opponents of the Edmonton Oilers who are facing Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, the current you know, top duo by a mile, actually, in the NHL. They see these guys, even you'll see them rough them up and you'll see them jaw with them and everything else, but there's still an element of awe when they face them. They see the Penguins as Crosby, Malkin, Latang. And as such, they're not going to say something like, or even think something like, oh yeah, Pittsburgh, yeah, that's that's the team we want. They've watched the Penguins win championships. They've grown up seeing, seeing this group of Penguins, this core, raise the cup three times. They're not eager to face them. So I... I I wish you told me, man. (laughs) I don't have an answer here. I don't think it's Washington either. I definitely don't think uh, that it's the Islanders. And I'll tell you what, if you think it's Boston just because of where they are in the standings, I'm going to let you know here that the Bruins are 9-2-1 in their last 12. All of their defensemen are healthy, and Tuka Rask is back on the ice again. And if David Krejci and a couple other wingers can form anything resembling a second-line threat, for Bruce Cassidy, the Bruins might actually be the class of the division. That's that's how this goes right now. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one tomorrow. Point Park University, in the heart of downtown Pittsburgh, they understand there's no substitute for real-world experience and career-building connections. Their innovative curriculum engages students with distinctive experiential learning opportunities. Point Park's pioneering co-op program empowers qualified students to work in full-time, paid positions with their corporate partners while earning college credits. Visit pointpark.edu works to learn more. Career ready. That's the point. Point Park University. Your front door, your car, your gym locker, your gun. Safety is a habit. Learn more about how to keep guns safe and secure. Visit projectchildsafe.org.